Hey, what's up, everyone? So I know we took a hiatus for about uh, two months here, but we're back and we're back with a bang because we have my buddy, Pat DaCosta Gimaray, who, for those of you that don't know, he is an AI enthusiast. And I know lots of people on this podcast that listen to it love AI now because it's the hot market, hot topic in, you know, investing, hot topic in just tech and whatnot. Um, so he's an expert in that. He's got his own company. A lot of you all, um, you know, want to, uh, you know, start companies. And so he's got a hot AI company that we're, you know, going to be able to really take a look at and, you know, hear how he was able um, to really build everything. So it's, it's going to be a good one. And without further ado, Pat, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kardec. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. And it's good to see you again. It's good to chat with you. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's great. So we we met um, at LA Tech Week, and it was a very random occurrence. So for those of you that haven't been to a, a Tech Week event, um, they basically it's just a glorified party with a bunch of investors, a bunch of tech people. One on they have open bars, and so me and Pat we met at the bar, getting you know whatever they would give for free. And so uh, we had a great conversation. He was telling me about Life Shack and. Um, about what they're doing. But before we get into that, um, probably the listeners are probably like, who are you, Pat? <laughs> so who are you? Let's like, fill us in. Yeah. Um, uh, look, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, software development background, but um, on the human side of things, yeah, I grew up in Los Angeles um, in the Calabasas area. Um, you know, soccer player, you know, track athlete, um, pretty much grinding my whole childhood. And then uh, I ended up getting recruited to soccer at NYU. Um, I also taught myself programming at 13 and then kind of revisited that in college, um, studying economics, computer science. And yeah, at, at that point, I was involved in the entrepreneurship uh, community at NYU. I was working on you know several projects, but I didn't have the time to devote towards it. So it's kind of always been something that's been, you know, a part of me. And um, yeah, you know, I've been working at startups for years. Uh, one was acquired by Google. Um, I, you know, early NFT in like 2018 mobile app um, game, you know. Uh, so, you know, I, I've been on the cutting edge of tech for a while, working at a lot of startups, but I've always had the burning desire to start something of my own. So that leads me to where I am today. Um, yeah, I... I, you know, I, I love a good uh, drink as uh Carter can attest to. <laughs> yeah. So hence, hence our, our meeting place. Um, what, what, what makes you like want to be in the startup world? So like, what got you into like saying, cause it sounds like, you know, that's really been your whole path ever, ever since you got out of NYU. It's like, I want to do this. I want to do that, but I want to be a part of a startup. Is it like the adrenaline? Is it like the thrill of trying to hit something big? Like what, what is it really with you and, you know, the startup community? You know, I think, I think, I mean, certainly that's part of it, but, you know, startups are, are new, right? They're fresh, they're, they're creative and they're exciting. And um, nothing would kill me more than working at a company doing like the same thing every day. You know, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I like, I like the stimulation. I like the pace. Um, I, I love technology. It's all cutting edge. Right. So um yeah. And it's a journey too, right? It's, it's never, it's never boring. It can be me up, it can be down, but you know, it's engaging. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's something like 
when you work at a company, a big company, you don't have the ability to like do abstract things because you're hired to do one specific thing. You're basically a robot in which you're building with, <laughs> with AI, right? So it's like, you're there saying, hey, you go do X, Y, and Z, and you got to stay within those parameters. And the startup, you know, it's, it's very different. What, you know, startups are very like glamorized and, you know, they're, you know, and people think, oh, you know, Silicon Valley, it's, it's the land of, you know, where dreams happen and all this sort of stuff, but there's like a lot of ups and downs. And so, you know, with Life Shack, we can get into like what Life Shack is, by the way, I'd like to call it. And I told Pat this first time I met him after he told me what it was. I'm like, wow, this is kind of like the LinkedIn killer <laughs> in essence. Like what, uh, what, what have been like some of like the greatest, like, I guess, ups and downs that you could give, you know, what it's like to be a part of a startup and work at a startup or even have a startup. Yeah. Um, so for context, LifeShack is an AI powered job search platform. Um, so imagine a traditional job search platform, but AI does essentially all of the filtering of jobs and applying to jobs. Um, so yeah, I mean the ups and downs, um, you know, the ups are, you know, getting to work on something that you want to work on. Right. Yeah. And like what you mentioned, right. Like you're at a company, they tell you to do one thing, whether or not you want to do it, you got to do it. Um, that's not to say there's, you know, there's definitely things that you don't necessarily want to do that you then have to do at a startup, especially if it's your own, if you want to succeed. Um, downs, I can go into the downs. Like those are like the most, the ups you got to kind of, you got to kind of think about, but the downs hit you, you know, a lot of them hit you every day or they hit you a lot of the time. What's, what's a memorable down that you've had? You know, there's, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a few cause on the way to the top. You, you've got to, you've got to hit some pitfalls. So what, what have those been? I got a surprise. I got a surprise bill from AWS um, for $20,000 on, <laughs> on a search engine since I was running. So that, um that, that was a pretty big down in the moment, but we, we worked at AWS. They were great. They, you know, they, they gave us the refund, but like that, that was like a small thing. Other than that, I mean, burnout, you know, but- but like when you you brought up the twenty thousand dollars, we got to go deeper into that. Like, okay, I think to any individual, if they saw a charge for twenty thousand dollars go through their account, they're probably saying, um, "Oh, you know, oh shit, this is like twenty thousand dollars. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, like, am I even gonna be able to like do anything the next day? Like, what?" Like what was going through your mind when you saw $20,000 just come through in there? Um, well, I mean, can I curse a little bit? On Go, this you can curse. This, this, oh, yeah. This, it's a podcast. Go ahead. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, first thought, this is bullshit. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I'm, I'm a, at, at the time, you know, solo engineer, and we haven't even started getting users yet. There's no way, you know, based on, yeah. But, yeah, try not to freak out, number one for sure, like try and remain as calm as possible. And then also, um, how do I how do I resolve this? Um, you know, this, I'm not the only one who's been in this situation. You know, I, you know, I, I know that. So I called a few buddies that worked at AWS, um, specifically on the account management team. Um, so they deal with this stuff regularly. Yeah. And they, they walked me through the process. Um, and I so saw that that got me feeling a lot better. But I mean, look, it definitely got to me, right? Like having that hang over my head for, you know, for a few weeks. Um, yeah, but 
it's the way it goes, right? Like stuff comes up and, you know, you just got to keep going. You got to deal with it. it. That and to listeners, like <laughs> you got to deal with it. That's that's part of like what it is to like be part of like a startup. It's it's the grind. But then also like shit happens. Twenty thousand dollars. Now, that's that's kind of a uh, that that's not really the every <laughs> everyday occurrence, because like especially at a young startup, I'm, I'm sure like when you got that, it's it's going through your head like how are we going to survive like $20,000? Like, is this thing even worth it? If I'm going to be build $20,000 for this right now, like <laughs> what are, what's the next build going to be? Right. So. Yeah. I, but I mean, I mean, for me, like my mind's been made up, you know, like I'm, I'm doing it. So I got to get through this. Right. Yeah. Now going on like life shack, um, what, for like the listeners at home, give them like a very high level overview of what Life Shack is. Yeah, so we, we started as a remote and hybrid job platform. So think like a, like a LinkedIn or or an Indeed. And then when AI dropped, we you know we decided to integrate it. And so our the the newest tool, which has gotten a lot of traction and a lot of excitement around it, um, you use a Chat GPT like prompt to specify what kind of role you're looking for. You upload your resume and you fill out some details and um, we'll use AI to screen jobs for you. It'll evaluate it, make sure that's what you're looking for. And then it'll send a bot out to that page. And then again, use AI to read the questions on the page and then answer based off of the information that we have on you and then submit it for you. How did you so, come up with this? Like that, like I said, it's the LinkedIn killer. Like it literally does everything for you and gives you the jobs that you would want. So like, how did you come up with it? Like where, where was the light bulb moment? Where did that happen? Well, um, I can't take all the credit. My, my co-founder, you know, him and I were, were, were discussing it and we'd been talking about like, okay, well, how can we make this, how can we make this like 10 times or more better than what's currently out there? Right. Cause at the time we, we had about feature parity with other, other job search platform, but it was like, okay, like, how can we take this a step further? How can we differentiate ourselves? And the idea came up like, oh yeah, we could do, you know, some form of like automated job search. And as I started, I was on weekends, on Saturdays, I would spend about three, four hours reading up on the latest with uh, what's being dropped at the AI um, and just kind of like reading through the documentation. And it just started clicking. It's like, wait, no, we can do this, but we can do this not in just kind of like a, a rudimentary way. We can, we can do this well. And so it was like, you know, then thinking about like, okay, well, how do we do this in a way that both is natural to the user, um, works well, and also doesn't cost a lot, right? Like, and so, and so this is what we came up with. Oh, so, so like you're going through that idea process and, and you're that trial and error, but how hard is it to build something like this? Because it sounds like just to the average person, they're like, I don't even know like like where you would start with something like this. That had to be an insanely difficult thing to build. It's not like building just like, you know, an app that says hello. Like this is like, this is changing the game. Yeah, well, you know, and I, I tell this to, to friends that I have when we're talking about AI. They're saying, oh, you know, some of the skeptics, right? Yeah. They're like, well, AIs, you know, I, I've used some of the tools. They're not that. You know, they're not that impressive. It's like, well, 
it takes more than a year to build something substantial, you know, it it takes more than a year. And I mean, the advantage that we have is we spent about a year and a half building the infrastructure and getting it all in place. And then we were able to just layer the AI in pretty quickly. Um, But, you know, I think, I think a lot of the innovation we'll see with AI is going to come from situations like this or companies that, have started building maybe three, four months ago um, in a year's time. I think that's when you're going to start seeing the really, really cool, interesting applications. So now you you think like AI boom, like we're not even, we're not even there. Like it hasn't even started yet because, because when you, when you look at it, like if you're watching the news and if you're listening, you know, to podcasts or reading anywhere on the internet, literally every other story is AI does this, you know, AI does that. This chat GPT function, all the sorts of stuff. We haven't really even seen we've chat GPT just might be the first function that's out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, I've seen things like, you know, uh, an AI can listen to someone and then and then speak back, right? Have you have you seen that? I, I have. I don't know how I feel, feel about that, but but it's you know, stuff like that where it's like, okay, it's using pure AI to do both things. Yeah. Like the pure AI stuff is like is good, but there's nothing around it really that's that's doing anything beyond like a quick demo, right? Yeah. What this might be a weird question, but do you like AI? I love AI. You love AI. I love AI. I think it's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you say that with so much passion. Like, where did all this passion come from? Because there's so many, as you said, there's so many skeptics and haters out there that it's actually different talking to someone that, you know, really loves it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I loved computers when I was five. Um, and I thought it was so cool how these things can can think in ways that, you know, they're not better at certain things, right, than than us. But you can we, we can use them. Uh, to augment the way that we can do things. I thought that was like so interesting. Um, and, you know, I studied machine learning in college. Um, so kind of seeing the early progression to like where we are now. Um, I mean, it was it was super impressive back then, right? When Facebook was dropping facial recognition on when you upload your photos, uh, Netflix, the recommendation algorithm had come out. Um, like the math and like everything that went into that was like so impressive and so advanced. But like now it's like real for people, right? Now it's real for the everyday person. They're like, oh, dang, that thing, that thing can write a poem better than I can in two seconds. That's, that's so, like, it, it's, impre- it's impressive. It's, it's also like, it's also like, damn, I'm not as smart as I thought I was, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that is, it is um, scary and definitely threatens our identity in some ways right what what do you say to like what do you say to like haters about ai or people that are like this is awful for society because there are a ton of benefits and i personally think that ai is like required because you can't be like you know the smartest person let's say on the planet you can't say like they're actually like they know everything like no one knows everything no one's really you know perfect in any regard and so it's like you need it what do you say to people that are like ai is going to destroy civilization well i think 
I think it, you know, it, it, it's like, you know, I think it's a tool, right. And, you know, I think, I think people could use it to do that, but I mean, it, intentionally people could, but I don't, I don't see the benefit of destroying the world. I mean, um, but like, you know, for instance, like the writer strike in LA, right. Yeah. Where people are like, you know, one of the demands is like, you need to protect our jobs. I mean, yeah, I think we, I think we just got to adapt. And like a lot of people aren't used to adapting in their day to day. And I think that's very scary for a lot of people. And I think it's scary because our government doesn't adapt quickly day to day other. And I think that's, yeah, I mean, that, that definitely is frightening. And I'm definitely, you know, obviously optimistic and I'm in this position where, um, where I can, I can use AI, but I mean, did you see Sam Allman, what he was saying about like the cost of building apps? I, I did. I did. Yeah. So as software engineers, we're not safe either. Right. It's, it's yeah. Like it's what 300 or 400,000 in the Bay area for a software developer. Maybe that's, maybe that's low. I don't, I don't know what the average cost uh, is. That might be low, but like AI definitely is going to, going to reduce that, that cost. Unless like as a software developer, you can build incrementally off of that. Right for custom purposes like i don't think you know ai can replace every single instance because there's nuances to every single application that's out there yeah very true but by making it easier you bring in more competition more competition means that your profit goes down which you know might be it's better for society right to have yeah. more competition um but it's not going to be yeah i mean who knows this it's all very interesting i think we'll be okay the government's gonna have to adapt yeah. uh, people are gonna have to adapt but i i mean the way i think about it is this like previously unsolvable or difficult problems that you face in your day-to-day -day life they're all solvable now i mean soon right like if i think chat gpt5 and chat gpt6 i think those things are gonna basically really really changed the game it's it's also like it can't get worse at this point like any any this is any application that's built now is literally it's literally the first ones so it can only improve from here now i want to kind of pivot back to life shack really quick because i heard or i didn't hear but i just thought about something and i want to get your take on it like as a founder and as someone that is really like a pioneer in the ai space because like if you're building a company that's an AI company at this very early stage, you you know, are a pioneer in that regard. Um, where do you see LifeShack in five to 10 years? What is your like ideal like scenario and your vision in terms of, you know, where you want to take it? Um, I, you know, I think, and, and I guess for, you know, to start, like I never thought the job search space would be particularly interesting. Right. When I first got into it, I just thought it was kind of broken. And, you know, so there's opportunity to kind of disrupt it. But especially with like where AI is going now and like if there are widespread layoffs, I think the best way to counter that is to fight fire with fire. Use AI to help you get a job. Use AI to help you figure out what your next career move is. So I and then you know, I, I would love for, you know, if you're if you're looking for a job, you have this background, you have these skills. You, you basically talk to it, talk to an AI. It has a full understanding of, you know, 
of, of your, your quirks, your, your skills, your experiences, and you drop your resume or it produces a resume, you might not even need it. You might just need to have the conversation. And so this thing can be an advocate for you and understand who you are and where you can fit in strategically. And um, yeah, I think, you know, job search, I think should be completely done. I think you, you basically say, okay, I'm looking for a job today. And then next week you have 10 interviews lined up, right? Um, or, you know, your, your role gets automated by AI. And you're like, okay, I'm looking for a new job. Boom. These are all the different jobs that you could be a good fit for given where you're at. These are things you could learn. You know, you can, you can learn these things. Um, but we can also set you up with these jobs right now. And, you know, I think on the company side, right. They're like, okay, well, you know, we spend, I mean, what, like th these recruiters are getting paid so much money to yeah. place, you know, to place, especially like in the software startup space, like, um, you know, so much, so much money to place these people. But on the company side, it's like, okay, well, I need a person that can do these things. Well, they don't necessarily need to, you know, they don't need to be a great speaker, but if they can write great code and like, and collaborate well, you know, that that's a good fit for us. Right. Look for that. Boom. Immediately you get 15 people, you know, that are, that are great. And then you have, you know, you have one week to interview them. I think having a time frame around the interview process, keeping it chunked up, keeping things moving fast. It's really like tightening up the feedback loop, right? Tightening up the entire cycle. Instead of it being like a dragged out process, you're going boom, 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 boom. So it's, yeah. it's way better. Like for someone that's looking for a job, you can have like an expected time of when, when you would get a job versus when, you know, you're kind of just going through what other people are waiting on. Like you're, you're just waiting on other people to give you the answer. And sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll, they'll ghost you, right. If, for yeah. people that are looking for jobs. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we've seen some people spend like two hours a day in their job search, 60 hours a month. Imagine, imagine spending five, 10 minutes instead of 60 hours a month, right. You can take that 60 hours and then learn new skills, right. Instead. Right. Um, I, I would love for that to be, you know, that's, that's my ideal goal. It's like, yeah. okay let's let's clean this up let's let's make it tight right that that'd be incredible and that's really like you're saying fight fire with fire with ai and you know one of the questions i was going to ask is how you expect ai to impact the job market because you see everywhere it's like oh you know people are going to get laid off in masses because you know ai is going to take over but there's going to be new economies created from ai where new jobs that don't exist today are going to exist and in part your platform is going to set people up to be part of that. So like if you're talking to someone that has no nuances in AI, knows nothing about it, right. Or has very limited knowledge and they just hear everything from the news. Um, what would you tell them to be like learning now to be ready for something? You know, when this event happens, because it's going to happen, you know, sooner rather than later. Mm. Um, I would say, well, I, if, if, so if someone's like early in their career, I would tell them to get good at, at writing, you know, especially if, if you're going to be using AI, you're going to want to be able to be precise with your language and expressive um, to really harness that. But if not, um, you know, learn, learn the soft skills, right? The things that um, then AI, you know, can't, can't easily replicate, right? Like get, you know, be social, right? Get good with, 
dealing with people, managing and leadership. And, um, you know, those things won't be easily taken away. So lean into what makes you human, right? Um, but also, yeah, I mean, study some math, you know, if that's what's interesting to you, you know, geez, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm excited for people that are, are excited for about math because I feel like this is like, this is kind of their, you know, the, the dawn of a new era where like, you know, they've been kind of validated, <laughs> right? It's like, do you kind of feel like, like, I don't know how you felt like in school and whatnot, but people would always used to say, oh, you know, you love math, whatnot. You're kind of like a nerd, you know, you're not, you're not cool, whatnot. Do you kind of feel like this whole, you know, stigma is kind of gone where now it's like cool. <laughs> to be like into computers and into technology and into math and all that. Cause now it feels like people that, you know, got into it, they're going to be the biggest people that are rewarded. And then also it's like, you know, you kind of feel like a cultural shift. I feel like there's been a cultural shift that's gone on where it's like cool to be involved in that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right. Like Ashton Kutcher is now a, you know, big BC, right. Like it's, um, and it, it was it was always cool. Okay, I'll I'll stand by that. <laughs> it was always cool, um, but it was difficult. And yeah. p- people like to hate on things that you know that are that are difficult. It's a way of protecting their ego, etc. But now that it's profitable, it feeds their ego, right? So now yeah. they're like, you know, now they've kind of embraced it. But yeah, I I mean, I mean, it's really cool that you and I, right? Like we're kind of like you know technical people, and yeah, and, um, yeah. and 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 now we now we're in a, in a great position right we can we can do a lot with it and it's it's well respected and i i give credit for instance to the you know the software developers in the 70s right the people yeah. who were doing things that no one even no one even understood what it was like my, my girlfriend her both of her parents were developers at ibm and they're they're both 70 right so they they were you know old school and especially her mom right like uh, a mother working at like Northrum um Grumman right doing missile yeah. defense coding like yeah. that is that is that is really cool so um respect to the people to the to the shoulders that we're standing on right if you don't get to this point without those people I don't even know what it would goes into coding a missile I, I don't I don't I don't want to know what goes into that because physics that, and explosions <laughs> <laughs> that is that stuff it's just way way over my head i think i think pat like it's also cool that you know there are people that i feel like now the entrepreneurial sense is a lot more different than it was even back in the day because i know at the um, la tech week event um where you know we met there's so many different kinds of people so we feel from different backgrounds people you didn't think would be in a tech event were there like it's you have like Austin Eckler from the Chargers and you have Miguel out of nowhere, the the R and B singer. <laughs> like you've got these people that are all into tech and it's just become like the hot space. So out of everything, you know, in your experience, and I want to leave some time for you to, you know, tell people how they can get in contact with you, whatnot, um, as well. Uh out of your experience, how what what would you say is like the number one learning lesson someone should do if they want to start something right now? Because I think we're going to see like this next wave of entrepreneurs are going to be on the same level as like a Elon or a Zuckerberg or, you know, a Bezos or whatnot, because there's never been more access to tools out there. It's like people that want to do it will. So what piece of advice would you give someone? 
to get to the point where you're at, where, you know, you guys are rolling. Get started. You know, I think, I think, um, you know, even if it's the projects on the side, um, just like try and try and tinker, try and try and see kind of what works. Um, you know, over time you'll get a sense for like what that looks like. And then when you're ready, then you can focus on it full time. I think, you know, jumping into cold water right away is, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit more of a shock, but it's also still doable. But yeah, I think do that and then get validation too. I mean, find the threads, you know, right? like you'll, you'll, you'll have an idea. People will be like, Oh, that's an interesting idea. Like if it doesn't have product market fit, people will be like, Oh, that's a cool idea. Hmm. But then you keep, you know, go, go deeper. Don't just give up. I think on an idea, like right off the bat, kind of, kind of try and really understand it. And like, think from like a first principles yeah. um, standpoint, like what are the things, what are the problems with it? What are the things that could be made better? And then I think, yeah, I, I think, I think that's like the key and then get validation before you build. Right. So, you know, we, we threw up a wait list on auto apply um, and, you know, we, we basically, we posted like one or two LinkedIn comments and got like a hundred people on the wait list. Right. Like really? right away. Right away. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, Oh wow. Okay. There's a, uh, you know, people are, so are very excited about this. Where, where would you put these comments? Like if I'm like, random people's posts you would just say hey join the wait list or like oh, what would you do um well yeah i mean yeah pretty i mean pretty much i never like really posted i i like posted once on my linkedin um like just kind of like a right like a fresh post but i also like because you know because i'm in this in this space now i follow some some people that are also in it and one of them was talking about how broken the interview process was like you know, updating your resume and, and they run like a, a resume building company where they, where they work with people and help improve the resume. So she was talking about how broken it was. And, you know, I mentioned, I was like, yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's why, you know, that's why we started building this. Um, it was like, so, you know, if anyone's interested, you know, here's our wait list. And yeah. Wow. wow. So everyone listening out there, whoever thinks LinkedIn is overrated, you're wrong. Because LinkedIn is going to be your greatest source of validation. That's something that I've never heard anyone on our podcast share, that they've just posted comments on random posts on LinkedIn. And it led to actual results. That is, that's fascinating. Well, I mean, it's, you know, for, for, for our space, right? It's like yeah. where all the recruiters are and where all the job seekers are. So it's like yeah, it's vertical perfect. testing ground. Yeah. yeah. So I guess find your testing ground, find, find wherever that is um, and try and like try and get in there and, and see. And again, or I mean, LinkedIn in, in general, right. Find people that are talking about the things that, that you're trying to solve. There we go. There we go. So Pat, um, if people want to, and I know you're extremely busy, if people want to get a hold of you, ask you questions. He's a very nice guy, by the way, who will answer lots of questions. How, how can they get in contact with you, network with you, join your wait list, uh, whatever, you know, you may have, like what, where can people do it? And I'll put it in the description too, um, when we post the pod, but where can, uh, people, yeah, reach you. Yeah. Um, you can, you can find me on LinkedIn. I, I can, um, I mean, just search for Patrick, the cost of or life shack. Um, you can also shoot me an email, um, Patrick at life Um, yeah, I mean, those are pretty much the two places where where you can reach out to me. But um, 
Yeah, Kardik, thank you so much for having me. This has been really great. Yeah, it's been awesome, man. It's been awesome getting to know you, follow your journey. Um, I, I think we definitely need to have like touch points in terms of where AI is going. Um, and just because I think it's so important and so important to listeners because you know, we can have a whole another pod on just like investing, like where are good investments in AI? Like, how do you know that something is good versus how so if something's shit? Like where, <laughs> like all those sorts yeah. of things. So, um, well, Pat, it's been a pleasure uh, and we will see you all uh, next time.